The Apostle Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 concerning the judgment seat of Christ. Paul says in verse 9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him, of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Each of us have to be judged after we die. We will be judged or after we're taken off the earth. We will appear at the judgment seat of Christ. There won't be any excuses or arguing with God at that time. We will be judged for what we've done on this earth, whether good or bad. Therefore, we have to understand it won't be just a matter of saying Jesus is Lord, as many people in churches think. We're going to be judged for what we actually do, of what we do in relationship with that which the Holy Spirit has told us to do or brought to our attention. We're not going to be credited when it's our idea to do it, but rather when God has brought the matter to our mind, and then we do it. That's very important also. But one thing I know each of us have to be diligent to do between now and the time we are removed from this present earth, whether we're removed by our death or whether we are taken out by the coming of Jesus, Regardless of what the method is of our removal, I know between today and the end of our time on this earth, it is critical for us to do this one thing. It is critical that we live doing Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. There are many things that come along that trouble us. And we sit and we think, oh, what can I do about this? I don't know how to take care of this. And sometimes we'll think, oh, I just have to learn to live with it. And we become grieved and sad and pulled down. We can't afford to live that way. We must do what Paul told us to do in this verse of Scripture. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's what we must do. Recently, uh, we purchased a new car. And it was very rough riding. We had taken the test drive in a different model of this car. But we didn't like the interior. So then when we got ready to choose the interior, they had a previous year model, new car, that had the exact interior we wanted. So we decided to buy that car. We took a little test drive in it, but not a long one like we had done in the previous model. 
Well, with the new one, when they delivered it, we were both shocked that it was rough riding. We were really surprised. It had a vibration in it. It was more like riding in a sort of like a truck than a sedan car. And we had bought an SUV because of the two dogs. So what to do? When I say we, I'm talking about Pam Paget, who's a member of the Body of Christ. I live at her house, and I say we. Well, I'm sure Pam prayed about it. I'm sure I prayed about it, asking God what to do about this. It, it would seem you couldn't do anything. It was a rough-riding car. Sometimes if you just even tell a person the problem you're having, or like in my case, I might print it on the blog. If anyone has a solution, they might be raised up to tell us. I don't just tell my problems to them. I just say, we're praying about this. We're trying to decide what to do about this problem. A friend of mine contacted me and said, what he did is every time he bought a new car, he changed tires because the manufacturers he found did not put the quality of tire on the new car that he wanted. We changed tires to a Michelin Premier, I think it was called, and the car run, rides really well. And there was one other thing we could do about this car. It had a setting for um, off-road riding and mountain-type trail riding and comfort riding. And I said, well, change it to comfort. Well, when we did, it rode much more like my previous cars back in the 60s and 70s. It was much better riding. So there were two things we could do about it. We have one other problem, and that's with noise, and we don't know what to do about it. So I simply prayed this. I prayed that either somehow it could be fixed, or I prayed that God would enable me to just not think about it. God's able to do that. He's able to fix my mind where it doesn't trouble me. It doesn't matter. Either way is a solution. And he may have some other way that we don't know about. But you don't just sit there complaining about it. You don't let yourself be grieved over such a thing. Instead, pray. Be careful for nothing. Is there anything at all that troubles me concerning tomorrow? Well, of course, I'm always praying over my next dental appointment, but that's regular standard. I pray that God has the right person to do the dental hygienist work and that it not hurt me and that they don't recommend to me things that don't need to be done at my age. They can be a little unrealistic over a person who's 82 years old. I don't need to have these teeth another 30 years. At least I don't think that's going to happen. So, let's be realistic about this medical stuff. But be careful for nothing. Why are you sitting there complaining about it, or worrying about it, or feeling downtrodden over it? Instead, let's trust God to help us. He is able to help us, and he will help us. And Paul says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. At one point, I had a house in Texas 
which did not sell. I'd had it a year and a half, and it did not sell. It just sat there. It's tax-exempt, and we didn't have to pay taxes on it, but we had to pay utilities and lawn care, and it was a burden to pay those monthly bills, have our money just kind of going out like pouring it down a rat hole. So what I did is I sat and talked to God about this, and I said, now I know it is your will for that house to sell, because you told me I would never see that house again. Therefore, it's your, it was definitely your will that the house sell. Please help us. This was in the midst of the coronavirus, and here's the plan God brought to my mind. Put it on a special sale for one week only and lower the price of the house. It sold within two days. Supplication, that means pleading your case with God, just like I did with my case. Now, God, it was you who told me I would never see that house again. So I know it is your will for me to pray that this house sells. See, that's an important point with prayer. We have to pray according to the will of God. I believe that's in 1 John chapter 5. If anyone prays according to the will of God, he knows God will hear him. And his prayer will be answered if you're praying according to the will of God. So that's supplication. With thanksgiving, sometimes I just sit here and thank God for the things that are so wonderful to me. Being able to live with a member of the body of Christ, have her help me at this period of my life. Having the animals, which I greatly enjoy. Having the TV system, which I have. The things, the material things that God has given me. Thanking God for my salvation, which is above all, of course. That he chose me. That he allowed me to be saved. That I'm one of the elect of God. There is an elect of God, in case you don't know that. It's not by our own will that we're saved. A lot of people don't believe that. They think that it's their own will. But if you read Romans 9, you'll see it's not our own will. God chose us just because of his mercy. It is not anything I did, certainly. But I happen to be one of his elect. And we have his spirit. That's a great thing to be thankful for. Otherwise, we would have to live the way the world lives. So there's so many things to be thankful for. When, if you're living with, um, if you're married and you, your mate annoys you over some little something, if you just start thanking God for all the things that he doesn't annoy you over or she doesn't annoy you over, your attitude will change. If we're thankful for the good things, our attitude changes. But if we're complaining and murmuring about the annoyances, we are destroying ourselves. In the wilderness, they destroyed themselves by murmuring. We don't have anything to eat. We don't have anything to drink. It was better in Egypt. Oh, remember the garlics that we got to eat in Egypt, and we had all the bread we could eat, and everything in Egypt was wonderful. But they forgot that in Egypt, Pharaoh made them kill the male children. They forgot that. 
And they forgot that it was God bringing them out of Egypt. They were denying God with their murmurings and complainings. I think it's a great sin to murmur and complain. We must stop that way of life. It is not that we live in a false happiness. But there are plenty of things to be thankful for that are really true. Make your life turn around by learning to be thankful for those things that are true. And let us keep this scripture before us day and night in order for us to be able to remember to do it. I read this scripture every morning when I wake up. I read it every evening to see if I actually did this scripture. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Every morning, every evening, keeping this scripture before us, meditating on it, thinking about it, so that we will have the power of God to actually do this. Then there's a promise that goes along with this scripture. After we do verse 6, verse 7 is a promise of God. When we do verse 6, this will happen. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I have a way that I can keep scripture before me conveniently I'm going to, I've shared it before but let me share it once again somebody might not have heard this and it might be helpful to them I have a Kindle tablet and you may have an iPad tablet same thing as far as we can store photographs on it I make a page print of the page of the scripture and then every morning when I wake up I take those photo albums, and I'm not looking at pictures of humans. I'm looking at pages of scripture that I need to do. And I read all of those scriptures that I have photographed. Then in the evenings, when I go to bed, I take my Kindle, and I pull up the photographs of the pages of scripture to check myself to see if I actually did that throughout the day. I have found this to be very helpful, very stabilizing. And you're going to need all the help you can get as we go forward between here and the coming of Jesus. Because there's a scripture I read just the other day, I'm not sure where it is, but it said the devil was quite furious that he was cast out of heaven and he knew his time was short. So we're going to have to have the spiritual strength to endure to overcome, to keep us from becoming depressed, lonely, down, to keep us from murmuring, doing all the sins that they did in Exodus, the book of Exodus. The reason we have this accounting of Exodus is so that we wouldn't make the same mistake they made. They complained, which they called murmuring. They complained they looked back in longing toward what was behind them, wishing they could have that kind of life again. They couldn't accept the current life and going forward. Paul said, This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind 
and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he said, let all of us who have this mind do this. We must not focus on the past except as a learning example. There are times when I use the past as a teaching example, but we must go forward. We must make ourselves go forward. We must discipline our mind to think on the blessings of today, to pray about today, to pray about the things we might be concerned about, to do what it says in Philippians 4, 6. That's a discipline. If you're going to endure to the end, you're going to have to have this one thing because prayer connects us to God in a way that nothing else does that I've ever seen. And staying connected to God makes us worthy to escape the things which are coming upon this earth. So turn your life around and keep it going this way. You have to work at keeping it going this way. You have to work at being thankful for what you have. It is not just something that happens. You actually stop and begin to Think of it and thank God for this and thank God for that and thank God for this. It is a matter of actually doing it. I know I need to keep this scripture before me day and night and I'm quite certain that is the same for each of you. Therefore, let me encourage you. Find some way to keep Philippians 4.6 in front of you for the rest of your life and do it. Do what it says. <music>